Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, once again, happy Father's Day to you fathers, and as we turn to Ephesians 6, I'm going to be as sensitive as I can towards this, because it affects all of our lives, so if you'll stand, we're going to be talking about focused fatherhood. Yes, I can preach on fatherhood, even though I've only been a father for two years. But notice the sensitiveness will be there. Let's begin. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. May you be honored and glorified with the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I have been told in talking, since I am your student pastor, uh, and I deal with your students uh, most of my life now, I've been told by one of the parents at one time in discussing with them that, and I'm going to quote him on this. He says, uh, as a daddy, you begin as a hero. Then when they become a teenager, you become a zero. And, uh, and so, father figures you can look in our media today, and they're not highly valued. Uh, in fact, you can look at TV shows. And um, one TV show I, I'll, I actually enjoy watching because it's hilarious I don't necessarily agree with the worldview in it, but uh, House of Pain, Tyler Perry's House of Pain, I, I just, it's hilarious. Uh, but the father in there, Curtis, he's just, uh, he's a deadbeat. Uh, he is really not a good father when it comes down to it. And, and I think the way that our media portrays our fathers today, sadly as it is, is that they're no longer daddies, they're deadbeats. We can even see this in, in other parts of media once we used, not long ago, we used to sing songs, and some of you are going to laugh at this because you remember this song about daddy's hands, how they are folded silently in prayer, reaching out to hold me when I had a nightmare. And now we sing songs like Everclear's Fathers of Mine, Father of Mine, where he says, my daddy gave me a name and then he walked away. Giving me a card and a $5 bill on my birthday. And sadly, uh, we as a church, we have started to be influenced by the outside world in this, in our lives of our family. Notice this, that the first place that Satan, that the devil is going to attack you as a Christian is the family. He's going to attack the roles that we are supposed to be living out. He's going to attack every part that he can to try to bring you down. And so I hope today, as we look in this passage, that we will see that there is still a need for a father figure. Because ultimately we see the father figure in God our Father. Amen? And so hopefully we'll see that in our text. And yes, even though I have a two-year-old daughter, I can still preach and teach on fatherhood. Because guess what? The writer of Ephesians, Paul the Apostle, he didn't have kids, he wasn't married, and yet he challenges us with the role of fatherhood because ultimately the role of fatherhood in our lives can ultimately be seen in God the Father. 
And so we can look at that and be challenged by his word. So let's start to dig in. Uh, The main idea today is going to be live the way God wants you to live. Whether you're a father, whether you're a mother, whether you're a child, or whether uh, whatever position you are. Some of us are not fathers in here. Some of us are not mothers in here. Some of us are not, well, we're all children. But we need to live out the role that God has placed us in. And so what we'll see today is that. And so knowing that, Paul gives us two ways fathers should act towards their children. And we'll see that there's a broader scope here uh, that we can all apply to our life. And so number one, let's get down and dirty in it. Show your children love by what you teach them. And we'll see that in the first three verses. And so let's, let's pick that up. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may be well with you. And that you may live long on the earth. And when it says children here, the term is, is those, the children underneath us that are able to understand. They're able to comprehend when you teach them. I am seeing this more and more in my life. Uh, like I've just mentioned, I have a two-year-old. And I am learning so much about being a father with this little two-year-old. Some of you have teenagers. And you have older children. And you, some of you have where they're no longer children, they're adults, amen? And, and, and some of you don't just have one, you have many that are underneath you. And it's amazing the things that I've learned just in these last two years of being a father. Now, I want you to do something for me. Fathers, those of you who are fathers in here, I want you to do me a favor. If your child is here, I want you to look at them. And here's what I want you to do. If your child is not here, then I want you to remember the day. Now, there's plenty of Kleenexes down here, all right? But I want you to remember the day, the first time you held them. What a joy that was, amen? Amen? What a joy that was. And how much I cherish that at the hospital. Now, I held Elena before Sherry got, and she holds that against me many times, but... I was able to hold Elena uh, when she came right on out, and and that was just amazing, just to hold her there in my arms and say, I'm a daddy, I'm a father now. But you know what else it did? I'm a father now. I've got responsibility, even more than just trying to take care of my wife. I've got responsibility in taking care of this child. Fathers, can't we rejoice in that? Amen. And, and you may not be a father. You may be a man and you may not be a father. But I will tell you this, and we'll see this later on in the text, that you are a father in some way. Because the way we influence others shows who, uh, who we have as our Lord. And so we see in verse 1 that to obey, the, obey your parents, that Paul is telling children uh, to obey their parents, but ultimately obedience is taught. Um, Elena doesn't just... Uh, yes daddy yes sir no she has to be taught to obey and those of you who have teenagers and younger children you understand this a lot that you have to teach them it's not something that comes natural to them and this is a call out to children that are Christians he says children obey your parents 
Why? Because he says, obey them in the Lord. And this is actually a command for them. And it's a, a command that continues all throughout the life. But why? He says, because it's in the Lord. Because we can understand something that it discloses. It reveals our relationship with the Lord. So my obedience to my father and my parents through growing up, it ultimately will reveal my relationship with the Lord. And there's something bigger than trying to reveal our roles in our family uh, relationships. The big picture here is it's showing us something about the character of God. So when I teach my child, when you teach your children to obey you, you're ultimately teaching them what it is to obey the Lord. So this is big. It's not where we're pointing fingers at each other. It's where we can all grab this and learn from it each and every day of our life. And so he says, that's why he says, obey them in the Lord for this is right. It is proper. It's the right thing to do. Because children, youth, teenagers, college students, when you're in your parents' household, you obey them. Because if you're a believer in Christ, your obedience to your parents shows, your, shows what your obedience to the Lord. If you don't obey your parents, then ultimately you're not obeying the Lord. That's what it's saying. Now, we parents, we can say, <laughs> did you hear that? <laughs> you know, we, you know, and we can say, you should obey me. Ultimately, we've got to allow the Lord to work that out in our teenagers' lives, in our youth's lives, in our children's lives. We've got to allow the Lord to work that out. But we can show them. When I, when I take Elena and she disobeys me, yes, she's two, two years old, but she understands. Believe me, when I say it's time for a spanking, she knows. She understands. In fact, they say that two years old, they start developing a worldview. Now, how important that is, is that through my relationship with my daughter, even though she's two years old, she's starting to understand things about God as her father. You see where that is? So when I'm disciplining her, and, I, and, uh, and, and now I, I come and I, she does something that we don't like or that we tell her not to do and she does it anyway i'll pull her aside and i'll say elena you need to obey me because ultimately if you obey me you're obeying the lord if you disobey me you're ultimately disobeying the lord so what i'm showing her there is the proper authority so children and youth here you go when you obey your mom and dad you're ultimately obeying the lord now that doesn't mean if your mom goes and tells you or your dad goes and tells you to kill somebody that you're to obey that. Because we're supposed to obey according to God's word. In the Lord. So we're not going to do anything against God's character. So isn't that interesting that the authority is already. Now, here you go. In the Lord, it also depends on our relationship with the Lord. Because some of you in here have not had a great home life. Your daddy has been there, but he's not been there. Your daddy's not been there. Or your daddy's not treated you right. Your mom, same thing, not treated you right. And so you're probably saying, oh, this is cool, Lee, because it says, obey, obey your parents in the Lord. That means that obey your parents that are Christians. No, that's not what it's saying. It's saying, because of the way the wording is, obey your parents because you're in the Lord. So whether my dad's a believer or not, it doesn't mean anything. There's no condition there. So it means... Obey my parents whether they're Christians or not because ultimately it shows the character of God. My dad's not saved, guys. 
my mom's not saved. So does that mean that I don't have to obey them? No. There's something else going on in here. That if I obey my parents as unbelievers, then it ultimately points straight back to the character of God that he is faithful and he, he wants to save them. He, God wants to use me in their lives. Amen? So depending on where you're at, teenager, whatever kind of home life that you're in, you're to obey because it's the right thing to do because ultimately it points to the character of God. So we see that obedience is taught. And what are the motives? There's three motives that I've found in obedience and that I've seen in the life of Elena, that I've seen in the life of your teenagers, that I've seen in my life. There's one, the first motive is I obey because I have to. Because if I don't obey, my tail's going to be whooped. That's one motive. That I only obey because of the consequences that I'm going to receive. The second motive is that I obey because I need to. Because if, if I do my chores, then mommy and daddy will give me an allowance. Or they'll give me something. They'll do something for me because I did something for them. That's what we call benefits. That I obey because of the benefits that I'll receive. Here's the third motive. And I believe that this is where true obedience is. I obey because I want to. Because I love my mom and dad. I love them, and it's driven by love. That's true obedience. That's the obedience that we find Christ calling us to say. He says, if you love me, then you'll keep my commandments, or you'll obey me, John 14, 15. And so, teenagers, <laughs> children, obey your mom and dad because you love them, not because you'll get something out of it, but because you love them. We see in Colossians 3.20, children, obey your parents in everything, for this, what? Pleases the Lord. So your obedience pleases God, because ultimately it points to your relationship with God. Now that's good stuff. So obedience is taught, but also in verse 2, honoring is caught. We can teach obedience, but teaching them to honor us, is ultimately going to re reflect or come from their relationship with the Lord. It's an imperative also. It's a command. It means to value that I value my father, I value my mother, whether a believer or not. It ultimately points back to our relationship with God. Now, it's interesting that he mentions which is the first commandment with a promise. Well, what's the promise that we see here? We see this throughout Scripture. Look at what it says in verse 3. So that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Isn't this interesting? It's talking about a child's life. That if you see, if you look back in the Old Testament, the, some of the uh, regulations that they had is that a, a, a child that dishonored their father and mother, it, it calls for death. Why? Now that sounds harsh, Brother Lee. Well, they saw the importance of what that meant. That ultimately, you honoring your father and, re and valuing your father and mother points to you valuing God. So that was important. And have we lost this today? Yes, we have. It doesn't take anything for children or to, for teenagers to talk back to their mom and dad. It doesn't take anything for that anymore. It should not be, folks. 
And here's an here's interesting thing. Now, once Elena gets out of Daddy's house, she don't have to obey me anymore. But she is to honor me for the rest of her life, according to God's word, if she's going to be obedient to the Lord. Check this out. A better life, that means stability. A longer life means security. That if Elena is, is obey, obeying me and honoring me, she's going to listen to what I say. So when I tell her not to go play out in, line 30, in Highway 39, she should listen to me. Because it's going to lead to a better life and a longer life. If she's out there playing in the road, she's probably not going to last too long. Do you see how this is? Now that sounds like a crazy uh, uh, illustration, but it, it shows you the truth of where it is. Yeah, I'm reminded now, one of my favorite old uh, TV shows, and some of you would probably agree with this, is the Cosby Show. Uh, and if you're home for lunch, like I am, I, I go home for lunch because I only live seven minutes from here. So at 12 o'clock, Cosby Show comes on on Channel 50, on Fox. I'm there, I'm watching it, because I love it. And I remember this one episode. He goes upstairs to his son Theo's room. And, of course, his, like, clothes everywhere and stuff. And, and uh, he's telling them about the way life is and uh, how, how he's supposed to do well in school so that he can get a better job or, or, and survive. And um, Theo says, Dad, I got it taken care of. No problem. And he says, and, and Theo starts telling them about how, how he wants to do his own thing and, and, uh, and how he wants to come up with his own way. He don't have to go to school to, to make it in life. And Bill says, or Dr. Huxtable says, that is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. And what does he say? He says, look, son, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. And so there is a little bit of truth to that. Is that our, the way that we teach our children fathers, the way that we teach our children mothers, it affects the way that our children live their lives. Ultimately, the authority. Now, right now in the passage that we're in, we're looking at the children's obedience to the father and, and, and the mother. And notice it was both the parents. It didn't just mean you obeyed daddy just because he'll whoop you. <laughs> you obey mommy too. Because some mommies will whoop you too, right? <laughs> A better life and a longer life. And so we see we can show our children by what we teach them. By the way that we teach them. And we're to teach them God's word ultimately. And we'll see that later on. Is that the discipline and the instruction. Ultimately that's God's word. And we're to teach them that. And not just to. But to teach them. This is how it applies to your life. So number two. Show your children love. By the way that you treat them by the way that you treat them um, and we can see this in verse 4 fathers do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord and when it says fathers here there's a reason it's because fathers have been or uh, have been given the role of responsibility in the household it's, this is not a sexist uh, remark from God because here's why is because fathers ultimately represent the relationship with God isn't that something that w that I influence my daughter in a clear picture 
or a picture of what God's character is. So if I leave my wife, I give a picture of who God is. may not be a good picture, may not be a correct picture, but ultimately, this is where we go back to what Everclear said in their song, Father of Mine. He looks, and ultimately we can say that's not a Christian group. And they see God as something that is going to abandon. Many of us look at God that way. Because we've experienced something in our life from our family relationships that have shown us that. How important is it for us to live a godly life, men? Ladies, how important is it for us to live a godly, biblical life in front of our children? It's very important. It's very important. And so we see here in the first part of 4 that we should avoid irritating them with gross extremes. He says, do not provoke children to anger. And provoking is like, um, this is just a subtle way of explaining this, but how many of you growing up had ever had your father or your mother when you're asleep in the morning and they come in and they turn on the lights? How many, I mean, it's happened to me a lot. And how many of you did it irritate you, drive you crazy? I I get this with Elena now, and, and she's only two. So that I can only expect what's going to happen later on. But I'll come in there and I try to get her up about a little bit after 7. And she's done slept like 24 hours. And so I get in there and I try to, Elena, and I'll even call her from the hallway. Elena, daddy's coming. It's time to get up so that she can hear my voice. Well, she started ignoring it. And usually with teenagers, I, I'm starting to understand a little bit of what you experience with the, uh, the ignoring your voice. I see some uh, head nodding going on, <laughs> and so you understand. But I'll get in there, and I'll, and I'll Elena, and, and I'll take the blanket, and then, you know, the kicking starts. No! And she's gotten to where she throws the hand out. No, Daddy, go away. She tells me that. Yes, she does. And, uh, and so I, you know, sometimes it gets on my nerves because I'll, I'll look at the clock, and I'll say, we got to get up. And so I'll do certain things to her, and I'll irritate her, and I'll poke her, and daddy's here. But that's a a silly way of picturing what's going on here, but it means ticking them off and and driving them to anger. And am I doing things in my life that are are driving them to anger, that are, uh, the Colossians 3.21 says that exasperate, where you're draining them. So, and here's some ways that we provoke. I, I've just written a couple, and maybe you can agree, uh, uh, see these in your own life or what. But petty rules. We give our children petty rules. Uh, don't do this just because. And, uh, and, and rules are not bad. All right. And, and what I'm starting to do with Elena and what I've learned from some of you and some people, some other fathers that I've seen is that we want to give our children a, a playing field. We don't want to box them in. Like, I, I, don't, I, I shouldn't sit here and say, okay, Elena, uh, this is the area that you can play in right here. Don't go any further. I, I was talking to a parent the other night uh, at, at a graduation party, and I asked them, and I said, uh, what do you do about, what do you do about uh, the, the main road here? 
with your children playing there. And, and she, said, uh, she said, I give them this light, uh, light post, right, Jenny? And I said, don't go any further. Now, was she, was she uh, limiting or putting your kids in a box? No. Here's what she was doing is, past that light, there's danger. Look at all the yard that I have here. All the yard that I have here. You can have all that, but don't go right there. We see this with God in Genesis. In the garden. Do you see that? You can have all of this, Adam and Eve. That one tree, stay away from it. Because it's dangerous. And so we don't have to sit there and say, okay, um, son or uh, young lady, um, make sure that you wear your hair in a ponytail all day long. How stupid is that? You know, if it was, see, petty rules. We, we give our children petty rules, and we don't have an understanding of what's going on within them because they look at God with the same way. I've talked to several youth. They say Christianity is just a bunch of rules. No, it's a relationship. And so as I train and instruct Elena, it's not that I'm giving her a bunch of rules that she's to follow. I show her why she is to follow. There's a bunch of cars going out there. If you pass this point, you may get hit. And it won't lead to a better life. It won't lead to a long life. Petty rules. How about inconsistent picture of God? Where this is the saying that I often hear a lot. Do as I say and not as I do. How inconsistent is that? And so when we live a lifestyle, when we say, when we come here on Sunday mornings and we say, follow Jesus, follow Jesus, follow Jesus, love Jesus with all that you are. And then when we step out them doors and we live like the world, our kids are seeing that. And they're getting an inconsistent view, an inconsistent picture of who Christ and who God the Father is. See where this leads? So that's a way of provoking them because they're, all, they're going like, but mom, dad, which one is it? And they're being drained. They're being beat up. Which one is it, dad? Which one is it that I'm supposed to be living by? And then we see uh, passive living where a lot of times this is what we would call deadbeat dads where they just, they're on the couch flipping channels. And go ahead, you go ahead. I don't care. Go ahead, do whatever you want to do. It means not being involved in their life. And this is where we get the thought that God is not existent. There is no God. God is dead. Because they see it in the life of their fathers. They see it in the life of daddy. Daddy's not there. He's there, but he's not there. That's what he's saying there. And then lastly, with playing favorites. Now, I don't have this problem yet. I'm guessing it'll come up the more if we have more children. But I, I can see it growing up. I've been told by my sister that I was the favorite, and I hate that. I hate hearing that. It breaks my heart, I, and I don't agree with it. I don't think she was. I mean, I don't think I was. But don't you see how easy it is that we've got one child that seems to be doing everything right, 
succeeding in every way. And we have one child that could give a rip about doing anything. You see how that is? How it would be easy to play favorites with this child and then just write this one off. No, we're supposed to love both of them because this child has value. Amen? This child has value. This child has value. So when we play favorites, we devalue them in the eyes of God. And it shows that some are important, more important than others. And so, but there's something, you, you may have experienced some of these. You may be doing some of these. I have seen them. I do see them in my life. But here's the good thing. We can get that right, can't we? Today we can start. And we can say, you know what? I'm sorry that this happened in your life. But I'm trying to live by God's word. And so I want to confess this sin to you that I have done this wrong. Mom up, father up, and let's, let's teach our children. Uh, and let's, let's guide them with the truth. Now, number two, actively, I mean, uh, show your children by the way you treat them. Avoid irritating them. But also in verse four, we see, but bring them up. It means to actively be involved with them as a godly example as a godly example. And so we see here, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now you may be sitting here and you may say, but Brother Lee, Brother Lee, I, I'm not a father. I'm not a mother. Well, neither was Paul and neither was a man named Marty Walton in my life. Uh, him and his wife, they never had children. He was my Sunday school teacher when I first came to Christ. And... Um, uh, such a, a, a wonderful man of God. And he, um, I was about 15 or 16 years old, and my parents didn't go to church. And I started going to Mount Hermon Christian Church in Garner. And he just like latched a hold of me. And I go into Sunday school, and you know how, where everybody's all dressed up. Well, um, I had a torn t shirt and some torn blue jeans, didn't have any clothes or anything. And he saw through that. And he loved on me, and he's right now, currently, he's a Raleigh police officer. And so, and I've told some guys about this, but every time that the state fair comes in around October, he's usually working it. And I make sure that we go. And I make sure that if I see a police officer, I ask him, is Marty, Marty Walton on duty? And, uh, and we go find him. And I go, and I go up to him, and I say, Marty, thank you. Thank you for the way that you've invested in my life. You are that father figure, that Christian father figure that I have never had. And I thank him for that. And, and, and you could be in the same, you may not have children, but you do have children. Turn to Second John, I mean First John, excuse me. First John, I want to show you something very interesting here. Chapter 2. trying to okay verse 13 it says i am writing to you father and this text is not up on the screen so you just you'll have to uh, if you're not there bear with me i am writing to you fathers because you know him who has been from the beginning and he goes on from there and he talks about different roles he's talking about mature believers he's not talking about fathers biologically he's talking about fathers spiritually 
so you, you can invest in somebody's life. Ladies, you can invest in somebody's life that's younger than you. That's scriptural. We can do that. And that's what we're supposed to do. And so when, when he says to be active, Proverbs 19, verse 8, uh, 18. It should be right there. Discipline your son while there's hope and do not desire his death. And so wherever we're at, whoever we're influencing, we should be influencing people for the Lord. It's interesting that he also says, Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so it's relying on their relationship with God. So if we don't have a relationship with God, we can't correctly discipline our children or rightly. Now, my father's not saved. I learned right and wrong with a belt. And I thank God for that. So, young people, when your parents spank you, you can rejoice. <laughs> Okay, y'all didn't get that, but I won't rejoice when I got spanked, but I look back now, and I thank the Lord for my daddy, that when I did wrong, he told me wrong. When, my mom, when I did wrong in front of my mom, and she whooped me, I think I'm thankful for the Lord for that. Now, that doesn't mean that you beat your teenagers. I, as far as uh, with Sherry and I, this is just us, this is our personal conviction, when Elena gets 12, that's when we stop the spanking. And we'll, you, know, you find in Proverbs the, the rod and the rebuke. So when she's early, we use the rod. When she's later on, we use the rebuke. Um, that may, that's our personal conviction. may not be yours. But we see that what that will do uh, in, in there, that we are to discipline. And so we're supposed to correct the authority. And, and once again, this pictures the Father God. So God provides for us he's in our life right so we're to be involved in our children's life he provides for us so we're to be providing for our children he protects us so we're to provide protection for our children amen amen because ultimately the way that we treat our children will, will not only show our relationship with god but it'll show the character of god the way God treats us. So this is a big deal, fathers. That ultimately we're giving them some kind of picture of God. Correct authority, correct action. Isn't it interesting when he says to discipline, it, it pertains to obedience, which the child has been already commanded to do. That's interesting to me, that when we are to train and discipline our children, is so that they will obey. And we teach them from God's word. And then when it talks about the instruction, it points to the attitude. It points to the honoring. So he's going right back in a circle, and he's showing us fathers, us mothers, how to do this, what we're supposed to do. How are we supposed to help our children obey? Well, we give them God's word, and we show them where the authority is in our life. Dan has... Uh, Dan has showed me uh, within his own life with his relationship with Josh. And he would, he would show you this. He would tell you this as, as, as a downfall in his life as a parent. But I take it and I'll show it. I'll, I'll look at it and I'll learn, at, learn from it. He says when he used to discipline Josh, he would say he would discipline because he was the authority rather than God being the authority. And I've taken that from Dan 
And I've learned that through with my relationship with Elena that when I spank her, I say, look, you disobeyed me, therefore you disobeyed the Lord. And because God loves you, because God loves me, and I love you, I want to discipline you because my authority ultimately is the Lord. So ultimately, I will answer to God for how I train up my child. Do you see where that is, the importance for us to see? Now, this is not where we point fingers, but it's where we say, I don't know about you fathers, but I don't have it all figured out. It's been two years, and I don't have it figured out. Who's the, I wonder who the oldest father in here is, uh, and we don't have to go around, but we've got some of you veterans in here that have been fathers for a good while, whether you have a teenager or a grown-up. And I would, I would bet, if I was a betting man, and I'm not, that you would probably say, I don't have it figured out either. Even when my children are outside the house, I don't have it figured out. Isn't that a good thing? And you may say, well, how's that? Because we depend on the Lord. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to trust in him. And in trusting in him, he wants us to teach our children to trust in him. And that's what it comes down to. And uh, it, it's amazing that when... Uh, that this passage, we need to understand something. If you're, you should be back in Ephesians. Look back at verse 18 of chapter 5. Because this is the broad uh, context of this passage. This will show us why we do what we do. This whole passage in chapter 5 is talking about being led by the Spirit. And so Ephesians 5 verse 18, it says... And do not be, get drunk with wine, but for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And what he's talking about here, he's talking about what controls you. He's not talking about, you know, he's not giving a little uh, dissertation on not drinking. Uh, what he is trying to show you is that when, when you drink, it controls your mind. It controls you. You can be overcome by something. So whether it's drinking or whatever, he's telling you to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. To let your mind be renewed daily by the Holy Spirit. How can you do that? Read God's Word. Get into it. Pray to Him. Conversate with God. And obey God's Word. Because fathers, we cannot please the Lord with the way that we train our children unless we're in God's Word. Do you hear me? Now how many of you fathers have got it all figured out? I don't. And here will be a good time as we go into our invitation time. Here will be a good time to understand where we fall short and give it to the Lord. You know, I was coming to church this morning, very early this morning, and I heard um, uh, Josh McDowell speaking. And I only heard like maybe 10 words from him until I had to cut off my engine. And he said, Fathers, you influence your children way more than any actor or sports athlete could ever do, you influence your children. And what's that mean? Even if you're not there, you're influencing your child. So if they are idolizing something other than the Lord, if they are not worshiping something other than the Lord, ultimately that points back to us and when we need to deal with that. So as we go in a time of invitation, I want to Moms, this is for you too. Because some of you, daddy's not there anymore. And you have to take up the, the full effect of this. And, and if there's anything that this church body can do for you, 
you let us know. That's what we're here for. We're here to help you. Um, we have got plenty of youth in our youth group, and I'm just saying youth because I deal with them every, every week, that daddy's not there. And we as a church body need to help this out. Amen? Amen? So maybe we can all come down here and pray. Pray for God's guidance. I don't know what the Lord's dealing with you on. You may are searching for a relationship with God that you don't have. And if you do, I'll be down here and we can talk about it. But if you want to deal with some things in your life, maybe some past sins that you hadn't dealt with, even in the lives of your children or the, in the life with your wife, let's deal with it. Let's deal with sin. And let's focus on the Lord and give Him the glory. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this time now. And I just pray that we give You our all and that we surrender our lives to You. In Jesus' name. If you'll stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed and you make the decision So are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Through death into life everlasting He passed and we follow Him there Over us sin no more hath dominion For more than conquerors we are Turn your eyes upon Jesus.